I'm Danielle, and you're listening to The Flash Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Flash Podcast, your podcast for all things related to CW's The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen, aka The Flash. I'm one of the hosts, Annie B, as always, and with me are my amazing co-hosts, Taddy and Swara. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing okay. Just, you know, slammed post-Thanksgiving. I'm doing good. Uh, not as slammed. I've actually had a very lazy day, thankfully. Most productive How lucky. thing I did. <laughs> didn't mean to brag in front of you tati uh but most, most productive most productive thing i've done all day is go get a vacuum cleaner and other than that uh just been playing spider-man ps4 all day finally catching up you know in the storyline of the game so it's a good day well sped <laughs> i still need to finish the, the damn game at, at some point like, i'm like i think i'm 52 percent at this point so ha, i'm 64 now well, now I know what I'm doing this weekend. Um, so, guys, as you may realize, uh, we're, this episode is coming out a little bit late. We had some uh, scheduling issues this week. so But, you know, that doesn't mean that we're not going to give you a, a, an episode this week to talk about the six episodes. So, don't worry. You know, you know, thank you for being patient. Thank you for all the tweets and emails about this episode. We're going to read it in the feedback section because uh, it's an important part. Um, before we get to the actual episode discussion, uh, just some brief news and uh, it's more related to us than uh, well it's about the crossover so uh, yay you know like the seventh week in a row we're talking about the crossover in the new sec- sec- section so on wednesday december 12th at 9 p.m pacific um, no 9 p.m eastern slash 6 p.m pacific the flash podcast supergirl radio bowen podcast and quiver are gonna get together for our annual podcast crossover to discuss this year's Airverse crossover, Elseworlds, which will air from December 9th till December 11th. So, you guys, if you guys have been listening to us for a while, you know where we do it. We do it live, live and wired, as Supergirl likes to say it. And we're going to do it at Mixler.com slash DCTV podcast. You can get it on your, your your app store, your uh, for Google for Android users, you can get it on your Google store, Google Play, and uh, you, you know, create an, you know, it's free, it's total free. So create your own account so you can participate in the live chat because that night all of us are gonna get together and discuss the free part, part crossover. And in the live chat, we want you guys to submit a, us your thoughts, your questions, uh, feedback, anything that we will of course read on air. You know, one of the things that we love when we're doing the live shows is chatting with you guys because. If you go back and listen to some of the past crossovers or even the charity events that we've done on the live shows, we get distracted like crazy by the chat. And it's so much fun because you guys have so many 
funny thoughts or comments or questions and it gets us going discussing and whatnot so so please join us on december 12th it's wednesday 9 p.m eastern slash 6 p.m pacific as we're going to be discussing the elseworlds crossover and you know i mean you will get a big like a big announcement from us soon visually because we got something cool to present so but remember december 12th and um it's gonna be fun. I'm uh, excited to this year to have Taddy and Sora joining us, and uh, because you, no, you guys, Taddy, you did not. Because I thought I invited you to the crossover last year, but I think you couldn't make it. Um, I actually have been on a crossover podcast with you guys. I think it was last year's. It was okay. It was last maybe. Was that the what, so? You were with me when I ranted about the wedding for twenty minutes. Of course, yeah. The next day, I had so many people, like, I had so many comments, emails in my inbox mentions that it was just, hopefully it won't happen again this year, because I want I don't want to be mad during these crossovers. I want to be happy and just enjoy myself. So, it's been a, there's been a lot of teaser photos. We have the official photos up on the website from all three parts, and... I'm just trying to stay unspoiled at this point for the next three weeks, I'm sure there's going to be another big spoiler reveal at some point, but I'm excited. So we're we're getting there, December 12th. That's when we're going to do our podcast crossover. And of course, the episodes the episode will be available on all the feeds. If you can join us live, which we hope you will be able to, but if you can join us live, it will be available on um, the other podcast feeds. So don't worry. And two quick, quick reminder, as always, we have a Tee Public store as part of the Easy Tee Pockets Network, uh, where you can get amazing merchandise and swag and so on. So if you want to look amazing as a DC fan while also supporting this amazing network, click on the link in the show notes below and get something awesome. I mean, there's a lot of cool Batwoman shirts right now because, you know, she's going to be in the crossover in case, you know, y'all forgot. I mean, you know, we're, we're getting a Batman, Bat character for the first time in the Arrowverse, like a big one. So... In case you missed it. And um, so so do that. Also remember to, to support Chief 40 the amazing female empowerment created by the women of the Arrowverse. Uh, go to Chief40.com for amazing content stories uh, that will lift up your spirit and, you know, get you some empowerment in your life. Because after this year, I think we can definitely use some. And uh, you can follow all Chief 40 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but with that said, let's get into episode 6 of season 5 of The Flash called The Icicle Cometh. So, as always, let's kick off some general impressions. Swara, um, first takes on this episode. Uh, it was okay. Definitely not one of my favorites of the season. It was a solid, fine episode with a capital F. Uh, you know, it was great to see Caitlin find her dad and... You know, that's the main plot of the episode, which we'll get more into discussion on. I felt as though uh, the side plots actually interested me more, particularly Iris and Nora and Sherlock. And, oh, wow, dare I say, I actually found Ralph's subplot rather interesting during this episode. I'm so uh, shocked right now. I'm I know. So he's, actually gr- he's actually growing on me this season. I'm very happy to say. I think... Uh, I guess, like, you know, this is one general criticism I have of the episode is that Caitlin didn't really seem to be the driver of her own journey throughout this episode. It mm. felt as though it was a lot of the men around her sort of telling her what to do or what she should think or what she should feel. And it's only towards the end that she really makes any sort of development with reconciling with Killer Frost. 
we're going to talk about this more during the episode, but I think that kind of dragged it down for me a bit. Uh, but still, like, I really loved uh, seeing the relationships between Barry, uh, Cisco, and Caitlin, sort of having that original trio from season one, like, touch base with each other. And uh, it was, like, not really, it was really nice to see that. But I think uh, other aspects about that plot sort of dragged down for me. And I was also super confused. I was, like, I was really trying to hard trying hard to pay attention, but the sort of technical and scientific jargon they were throwing around really threw me off. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess like the highlight of the episode for me was really Iris and Nora bonding them, uh, you know, going along with Sherlock who has done nothing to, um, you know, like improve his stance in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, But still like seeing Iris and Nora bond, that was a big highlight for me, even though it was just a couple of scenes. So yeah. That's, that's my general thought. Tanya, what about you? Uh, I would give this episode a capital F for failure. Uh, it was definitely my least favorite episode of the season. Um, I'm not going to say it was my least favorite episode ever, because there's definitely been ones that made me angry. This didn't make me angry. I was just very bored. Um, and I felt like there was a lot of uh, logical inconsistencies and plot holes. I definitely echo Swara's sentiment that Caitlin did not get to drive her own plot once again. The men around her told her what to do or what to feel, like like Sora said, and she just kind of followed along or didn't. And like the one time she didn't was a time that bothered me a lot. So we'll talk about that later. Um, I don't like this has been said before by others, but I'll repeat it here. I don't like that when it's a Caitlin heavy episode, they or that, not necessarily that. I don't like that this was a Caitlin heavy episode and then they divided up the B plot into three different plots. So, oh, yes. cause that, that means that every little aspect of it, like the cicada cicadas situation, and then Iris and Nora and Sherlock, and then Ralph and Cecile each got like five minutes when you could have had an entire B plot that was like, let's hunt the clues for cicada, right? Mm-hmm. Versus what cicada is doing and had like a split ep- a split episode where you got to really uh, invest in both Caitlin and then cicada. Uh so so I don't know. I thought that was I thought that was a misstep. Also, yeah. I think that's a, I can say that for the general impressions because we're going to break it down after that. Oh yeah. For me, I so the, this is what's so funny is at the first watch of the episode I com- I loved it. I thought it was it, it was funny. I loved, you know, what they were doing with Caitlyn's plot and so on. But at a second watch, you know, where I was, you know, because the one thing that sometimes drives me away from an episode is when I'm live tweeting, I may miss certain things. So watching it like completely uninterrupted, you know, not having to focus on anything else, I did sense that you know, there was. Like it was so much packed in this in this episode, and I kept looking like I kept looking at my watch like. How did they fit all of this in into 41, 42 minutes? And I think there was definitely parts of this episode that worked better than others. And it's probably not my favorite episode either of this season. But, you know, and I'm like Tani, I'm not going to say this is like the worst episode of the whole series because, you know, there's been weaker ones in pre- previous seasons. And so I was really torn because I initially loved it, but then. But secondly, I kind of just went into, I felt they could have done things so much differently here, but still kept it to the core of this episode, which was Caitlyn's story. But, but yeah, like, we're going to break into it and so on. And so let's start with them. Let's just start with the, with the biggie. 
which is Caitlyn's storyline, which is, you know, we're finally at the point where we we meet her father, Thomas Snow, played by, played by Kyle Sicker. And, um, you know, but the past few seasons, we've been, you know, I'm sure, I mean, I know you guys probably discussed, you know, I mean, before you guys joined the podcast, I'm sure you discussed it, thought about it, and we here on the Flashback, we've done it too. There's always been this big question mark about how Killer Frost operates within the the world of Caitlyn Snow, because you know there's been the play of dual, you know, dual personalities, but then there's been kind of like almost two separate characters, and in this episode we kind of you know we get we get a lot of, it's a very exposition heavy episode, like you know I thought we were actually getting more flashbacks than actually um, exposition, but I was wrong, and you know we kind of we get to really get to know Thomas and what he's going through, so so Tani like. What were your thoughts about getting to meet her dad, the twist behind his um, disappearance, and kind of like how this affected Caitlin in the longer run? Okay, um, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's a, several like uh, foundational problems with this storyline. One being that uh, there's been so many reiterations of Caitlin's backstory that it's hard to keep track of which ones are the correct ones, but. Now that we know, like, what we're going with is her father, you know, died, but then he didn't really die, right? He faked his death. Um, and the mom had something to do with it. I think a huge mistake was not having the mom in the episode. Like, I think that Carla is such an important tie to Caitlyn at this moment, especially because you could have paralleled so easily. You could have paralleled the Caitlyn and Carla dynamic with the Nora and Iris dynamic, right? Caitlin sees her mom one way, and then at the end of this episode, she realizes that her mom was actually protecting her. Her mom was actually doing something else than she thought she was doing. And that was the reason for the coldness in their relationship. But you don't have her there. Instead, you have Thomas, who's a character that we've never met before. We have no connection. I mean, we've only heard about him literally four times in the entire series before this episode. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's hard to establish a strong emotional bond there. So like the climactic moment for me is like when she says my mom was protecting me, you know, from icicle because her mom knew about icicle. And now we have so many other questions. Like did her mom, did her mom know beforehand before Caitlin Kenner? Did her mom know that Caitlin Frost was a possibility? You know, like this puts so, so many things into, into perspective or changes so much of their previous interactions and of Caitlin's previous story, but we don't get any resolution on it in this episode. And instead we're left with dudes coming in and telling Caitlin, hey, we've already decided we're going to look for your dad. So that's what we're doing this episode. Join us, you know? And then it's like, oh, come back with us to Star Labs. And no one's questioning, no one other than Cisco is questioning things like Wells gave him a video link to Star Labs. Like, why would Wells do that? How long ago did Wells do that? Was that Aabard? What would be Aabard's reason for that? Was that before the real Wells died? What would be the real Wells reason for that? Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, <clears throat> so there's all these questions that are only answered by, well, he's actually evil, right? Um, but it doesn't actually explain, like, you know, like, one of the questions that I had was, like, how did the dad stay alive for 20 years, right? He needs to eat. And somehow he had 20 years worth of rations in this place because apparently he couldn't leave, right? Mm -hmm. But then it turns out, no, actually, he's Icicle. But, like, what does Icicle do? Did Icicle have food rations? Does he just eat ice? Does he just, like, suck his own life force out? Like, there's no one else there, right? 
So I still don't understand how he was alive for 20 years in that place and didn't leave. Unless he did leave, but we don't get answers. So I don't know. I feel like there's like a lot of inconsistencies within the episode. Um, and I really did not like when Caitlin yelled at Cisco for trying to, you know, tell her that that's not her dad. Even though Cisco didn't handle it, like he could have handled that better. But but she's yelling at him about it, saying that he's wrong, and then like basically kicking him out. Um, and then he complains to himself, right? Like at one point he complains himself about how they always make him do everything, right? And he doesn't get anything out of it. They just think he can do anything, and then they just leave him alone. And then that wasn't resolved because you could have had a another important Caitlin Cisco scene that would mirror the one last week, right? And instead, she just listens to Barry. And then apologizes to both of them in one line, as if Barry even needed an apology when she didn't do anything to him because she was like, oh, yes, Barry, that makes sense. Thank you. So, yes. And Swar, how do you feel about it? Yeah, it was I echo so much of what Tati just said. Like I said previously, it felt like Caitlin wasn't making her own decisions throughout this episode. Tati mentioned it was Barry and Cisco who came to her and said, hey, we're going to find your dad now, even though in a previous episode, uh, Cisco and Caitlin agreed that only when Caitlin was ready, they would try to find her dad. So why go back on that? Why try to force her into this now? Other than we simply need to give Caitlin a plot line for this episode that couldn't have waited until later in the season. And. There were so many logical gaps. I didn't understand why the dad was stuck there for so long. I listening to their conversations and him giving his explanations. uh, Like we hear that he has a disease, a neurodegenerative disease, MLS, a very serious subject. uh, And he decided to make himself a metahuman to deal with that. And he was afraid that would pass down to Caitlin as well. So subjected her to the same experiments, mm-hmm. but somehow involves a, an, an ice goddess. And that explanation was also very convoluted. I don't understand how the ice powers are really coming about. I feel like the writers are trying to introduce so many elements at once. That's this, frankly convoluted mess and again like tati said it's been inconsistent from the inception of killer frost it's sort it really does feel as though it's been made along as it's gone along and you know you can do that for certain things when you're writing a tv series when you're writing a story but i feel like you shouldn't be doing this for fundamental explanations of how the characters have their powers it just was a really confusing episode. I or like this main plot line. And I just didn't really feel the drive from Caitlin. It was really, again, her being jerked around by the men in her life. And that didn't really seem that good. So, yeah, that's just in general how I feel. Uh, yeah, I totally forgot. Sorry. Andy, before you speak, no, so sorry on, that you you totally brought to mind that like Caitlin could have a whole arc about being upset that her father experimented on her, right? But she just yeah, didn't get a true. beat to be upset about it. You know, she was just like, "Oh, okay, that's what happened." Like Cisco was one that was like, "You experimented on your daughter," and that was you know that was it. That was it. So like, if this was any, I feel like any other episode this season would have made that the crux of the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel about 
reuniting with your father and then realizing that you are the way you are because he experimented on you as a child. But anyway, okay, go Andy. And her mother and her mother's reaction to that, you know. See, I, I think it was an avail- yep. I think honestly, it was probably an availability availability issue. You know, because I, you know, she might be doing a different show, whatever, and so on. So maybe they couldn't just get her, and um, I mean, who knows? Maybe she will come back later, and so on. They kind of like you know, because I kind of just want to see the parents together at some point but but here's the way i look at it and um, i was excited about the high school aspect of it because you know hey it's another cool way to connect to the dc universe so that was kind of nice and it's gonna i, mean, I kind of like the idea of seeing icicle versus kill frost and so on the kind of like you know you know famous ice villains from the dc comics world and uh, you know i love caitlin you know but, you know contrary to what some people on twitter might believe i do love caitlin uh, I'm very protective of her, just like I'm with Iris. And uh, you know, again, I mean, I'm 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 sure jaws just drop to the floor. You know, me, of people being like, "He loves Caitlyn. He actually cares about her." I do. I've on many many years for these, on this podcast, I've been fighting for her to get you know get good treatment, good writing, and good material. And here's how I look at it. I think this is the beginning of a larger arc. I definitely don't think this is finished. Which I, if it, if this was, you know, like a one and off, one and done thing, then th- it was stupid. But we know that they brought back Killer Frost, it's gonna be a big thing. He's out there, he's not dead. So obviously, we're gonna get more into that. That being said, I do agree with Tidy as far as saying that it, it almost would have been better if. One of the one of my favorite episodes of television of all time is the Shield episode on uh, when Simmons is by herself. She is stuck with she doesn't have fits or cold no one, all alone. I oh, would, I remember this episode. It is so damn good. Now I know this because Shield is an ensemble show. There's not a main character, so you can kind of do that of having the other characters not be part of it. Because it's called The Flash, I know it's not as easy to be to cut cut Barry and all these other characters out of an episode because it's called The Flash. It's not like Shield where you can actually do that. And um, but I would have loved if this had been a story most where maybe you know Barry was dealing with something else. Maybe Caitlin went on her own. Maybe with just Cisco. You know, maybe we didn't maybe need this whole big group or whatnot. And um, so yes, I think that it was a good, it was a nice attempt. But I think that in the end. I felt I kept hearing Barry and Cisco way more than I heard Caitlyn until we got to the final moment where Caitlyn Killer Frost is resurrected, which I thought well, that was amazing. That was cool, and I love the twist behind it from season four because it doesn't feel like they're retconning anything. It doesn't feel like they're like they're undoing something that, you know, by any ridiculous explanation. Or you because know, it was again with the finger, you know, you, you he he could have been doing all sorts of things. So I kind of appreciated that, but. And as far, as far as Thomas goes, I, I think that he basically, I didn't know the dual identity thing was going to be in play here. I thought he was just actually going to be straight up evil and not reveal it. But but, kind of, but it's still cool that they, they're kind of going with that twist and so on. And maybe that alone will help us understand better of the whole Killer Frost, Caitlyn, dual persona thing as we go forward in the season. And... You know, I think the actor did a good job. I think that he, I felt it was, I thought it was really cool that he name dropped some very familiar DC names. You know, Victor Freeze, Louis Lincoln. You know, for people who don't know, Mr. Victor Freeze is Mister Freeze, and Louis Lincoln is another Killer Frost. So, kind of, it kind of felt like a nice little nod to, you know, um, I, I don't know if you guys have read, um, Killer in the New Fifty Two when Killer Frost was the new Killer Frost debuted. 
they made a special issue of Justice League of America called Killer Frost Issue Zero by Sterling Gates, who writes on the show. And, you know, it was kind of a similar, you know, it was not, not entire. I mean, there's some parallels, I guess. But, you know, in that story, you know, she becomes, you know, she gets her powers by a lab accident and so on, in the North Pole and whatnot and so on. And there's that. But, so yeah, I feel like this is at least a good beginning that I hope gets a good execution throughout the season. Like, I hope this isn't just a free story arc that then abruptly ends somewhere in the middle of the season and then that's it. Because I think this needs to be the season where Kaylin and Killer Frost, like, they're like, we need to be, we need to finish this whole struggle that she's had with herself for the past few right. seasons. Yeah. Like, this needs to get to a point where, like, I'm comfortable with myself. I know what I am. I'm in control. No one else is in control but me when it comes to my own powers. This needs but to be. See, goal- Sorry, Gon. Yeah. Like, the thing is, it's been three seasons that we've had them together. And you say it's the beginning of something. Yeah, potentially something that could be a really great arc for Caitlin and Killer Frost, them learning to coexist and to balance their powers and personalities. But again, we've had Killer Frost for three seasons. We've been going back and forth all around the place on what the origin of the powers are. We've had all this confusion that I feel as though if they were going to do it could have been maybe during this season or again have a better arc for caitlin in seasons three or four and agreed it 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 just like it's frustrating because i don't i don't think any of us want caitlin and i feel like she has been treated like this i don't feel like anyone wants uh her to have an on and off switch for any storyline at first it's like when it's needed to have some intrigue for her character they turn on this killer frost plot but when they don't need it they just turn it off or conveniently at the end of last season they have um the thinker put this mental block into her which we find out is why she couldn't become killer frost it's a mental block not genetic so like make up your mind just make up your mind what arc you want for caitlin what do you want her to do with her family Again, it feels like this thing with her dad was something made up at the last minute. I I understand that the difference with this timeline, the reason why Caitlin has powers in the first place on a whole metaphysical level is because of Flashpoint. Is because, you know, she didn't before, but Barry changing the timeline, yada, yada, now she has powers. But again, it's just felt so random and... I hope Although, it's something in their defense, good, you know, going setting, forward. They, set, and they, like, they started setting this up last season, though. Like they, that Thomas was somehow a big part of this. Right, was, right. So we knew this was coming. Yeah, no, for right. sure they set it up. But I think it's more season. that they didn't they didn't seed it well this season, I would say, probably. Agreed. Would you say like, that you would prefer if this... Nine, been, oh, sorry. But... I was going to say, would you prefer if this this particular story had start, maybe started... Next in the next half of this season, like this season, focus more on whatever's no. going with Cicada and Doran. No, I would have preferred I would have preferred her to get further in her quest to find her father in previous episodes, because I felt like we kind of cycled through the same idea, like for for two episodes or so before before getting to this one. So I think that it would have been nice if we had stretched out the storyline a little bit more instead of putting the bulk of it in this episode. But this again, this didn't really feel like like this was the end of it. I feel like we're, there's so much. No, more I know to it's come. not the end, but but this but it's 
the climax, you know, learning that first, that's your dad, right? And he experimented on you as a child and learning, oh, no, wait, actually, that's not your dad. Your dad is evil. Well, you know, this is his evil alter ego and his alter ego works in a different way than yours alter ego did, you know, and then having to battle your father and then I'll find him again later, I guess. See you again soon, dad, you know? I feel like that could and have been more killer of a frost again. It's like yep. so much was front end did it. Yeah, it was such an exposition heavy episode. Yeah, I mean there was a lo- there, there was a lot of talking. Like it felt like more like a you know a bottle episode. You know, like you know when you you know that okay they're saving up money for an upcoming episode, or if they're like the last episode was just too much, they spent too much money on that. But they used a lot of special effects in this episode. I thought. <laughs> no, I mean I guess I mean I guess. Ice powers look isn't as expensive as you know making someone look like they can run really fast or they can stretch as high as they want. But but that's more of an armor working question there. than it is. Like I, I I can we can only guess as big as like as far as I go. I didn't hate this. I I liked it. I kind of liked it a lot actually because you know I I I want Caitlyn to get something. Um, there was just pe- bits and pieces like you guys said that that I feel like we could have changed it. Like again because I think. I think Caitlyn Snow has a place on the show. I think the Killer Frost aspect is something that of course, they yeah. have neglected. But you know, and I'm gonna give you know some slack to some you know these writers right now. So is that we previous management has I think that has been kind of the crutch that's been stopped. Like why you know this storyline has been re- been rebooted over and over again. I feel like this year, especially with someone like Sterling Gates who created this character in the comics, I feel like this year we will. I feel like they have an endpoint for this character. This year, and maybe hopefully, you know, starting for next season and many seasons to come, she will, you know, there will be, they will know what she is, and we will finally, we don't, we won't have to deal with what am I, how can I get, how do I access my powers, how do I talk to Killer Frost, all those things. And I'm happy that she's back. I'm happy that, you know, I love the scene in the end where she got to talk to herself, you know, putting on them for head thingy. Like, you guys are right. There was a lot of science explaining word things so on going on. Because I was just like, y'all, I need a dictionary. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm listening to. I don't know what I'm watching. But, like, in like I was in high school, I would just sit and nod and smile during my classes. Pretending I would understand something. You know what? Honest, honestly, though... It felt, I'm not even going to say it felt cold, devoid of emotions, not going to go with that pun. No, but no, no, but seriously, (laughs) seriously, this, like that sort of talk, that sort of exposition heavy type of storytelling, it felt very mechanic. It felt very like without a soul rather. It just didn't, didn't feel organic. It didn't feel like this, what these are real people talking. It didn't feel like these are real emotions being had except for Cisco I felt like was the bright light in this, uh, you know, arc. And by the way, I'd like to say I also did appreciate, you know, Barry really genuinely being there for his friends. You know, I talked about this before. I want Barry to be there for his family and friends. I just say this is a trend I love so far during the season. Barry, like, really being the hero for his friends and family. But other than that, like, than those two, it just, again, felt like a very mechanic arc. It felt as though we're just reading the lines off the page and it like it just didn't feel right i i wouldn't go yeah, that far but... i would say this the one thing that these shows sometimes 
do good with, but sometimes they don't, is that when they're introducing these larger concepts to, you know, something that's been going on for many seasons and so on, they sometimes don't know whether they want to do, tell us visually how it happened or what why it happened, or if they want to do an exhibition like on air right now. I know, swear, I, I know Air is like like your your worst enemy, but right now on Air, they're showing us Flash Force. I don't know, know her. You don't? <laughs> new phone, who this? And on, uh, Air, on Air right now, they're showing us Flash Forwards of what the future of Star City and all these people are going to be like. And they're giving us bits and pieces. Not really parallels, but they're giving, they're giving us visuals. They're not giving us, like, talking nods. Like, they're giving us, like, scenes where we get to see... I think it's like 30 years in the future, something like that, because people look old. Um, but on this show, I feel like there was, because these are science-based characters, I think there is that big risk of losing your audience like in the middle of that episode because there's a, when, there's a lot of science talking song going on and not a lot of like showing. It can get problematic. For me, I feel like, okay, basically the gist of it is that Thomas did something to himself and that's why it affected Caitlyn, and that's But he's not, but he, she didn't get sick. She didn't get the disease that he has, and we now know what his agenda is. And again, like I said, if they don't follow up with this, I'll be disappointed. But but I guess but again, I know that this show they do it in one way or another. They always keep follow up in one way or another. Whether they do it well or not good, that's a different debate. So I guess maybe I guess I'm the one who's like more okay with this. Maybe that because I know a lot of people were torn on the Caleb and so on. And I'm just, I'm just hoping that whatever happens, that the writers won't give up on the idea of giving us like more of Caleb themed episodes. Because I think that she's a character that you can follow for a story. Not by, yeah, except, of like, course. Just minus all, let's give every damn character on the show five minutes of storyline so that they're in it. Like, cut the whole, cut half the cast for an episode and... Focus on like just a few characters, like Iris, you know, Caitlin, Cisco, and Barry. They could be doing something. So yeah, totally. And it, and it's like again, you know, it's just I want that. I want a good storyline for Caitlin. I just don't think this is the way to do that. This episode. Well, do we anything else we want to say before we before we move on to the next part? Um, I thought that Suarez cold pun was excellent, and that is how I felt. <laughs> when I watched the episode, I thought it was lacking in the emotional arc that we would have had if we already had an attachment to Thomas and the Thomas-Kalen relationship. Well, we will, let's see how it goes this season. So, But what else do we have to talk about? Next up, we have um, another parent-child dynamic to discuss, which was um, Iris and Nora. Now that Nora hero worships her mom, after she jumped off a building to save her dad and Sherlock's, you know, impatience, but then eventual uh, help with the bonding time. So what do we think about that, guys? Suara? I like this. I mean, overall, except for Sherlock's atrocious accent, which I will never get over. <laughs> but um, no, it was just like nice to see Iris and Nora just hanging, trying to solve a mystery. Like how did Cicada get his powers or what's the origin of Cicada? And it was just really sweet to see just some, you know, mother-daughter bonding time. And Iris, uh, Candace and Jessica's chemistry is really wonderful. And it just like, you know, gives me a bunch of like, fuzzy feelings you know just to just watching this and uh 
even Sherlock towards the end, like he's admitted that, hey, you two figured it out, like the clue that we needed, which I kind of forget at the moment. But still, it was just a nice uh, moment to see. And yeah, I enjoyed this. I thought it was. I thought it was. It was nice to finally see him getting along after you know what we've been going for in the last four or five episodes with Nora and Iris. I again, I'm just getting to the point where it's like, couldn't Harry? Couldn't Harry just? I mean, not Harry. Um. Oh my God, which Wells? Uh, Sherlock. I, I keep forgetting which Harrison we're on. Um. He should have just joined Ralph or whatever. Because I kind of would just prefer, like, I didn't, it feels so crappy that the first time we get to see Nora and Iris, like, actually hanging out, like, you know, like, on good terms, he had to be there. Like, when when Taddy was saying, you know, like, parent-child scene, I was like, don't you mean more like parent-slash-children scene? Because, again, Sherlock just feels like that annoying kid that just always tags along. Disclaimer, I'm never going to be a father, so trust me, I can say these kind of things. Because I, like, you know... I have very bad viewpoints, um, but yeah, I, I it was sweet, it was fun. I I'm really getting more intrigued by what's going on with Cicada. Like, I, you know, I'm 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 guessing the next week's episode is like is going to be his big big episode, hopefully, because I'm just I I just want so many answers about him. Like that the fact that his injury now seems to be making him stronger. That was a twist, and this doctor also. I wonder, like, if this is one of the seeds we're getting for seeing other people in Central City, you know, starting to despise the idea of metahumans. Because she's, like, one of the, you know, those damn metas. You know how many damn metas I've heard innocent people who's come in here that I've had to patch up and so on? Like, that stuff got dark, just saying. So, really curious to see where that, that's going. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, like, there, unfortunately, there is not much to say about this storyline because there was a little of it, but I love seeing the side of Nora that, that was previously, you know, reserved for Barry also be as openly devoted to Iris now that she has that avenue to connect with her mother. And I thought it was really cute how awkward they were, you know, trying to figure out how they're going to work together or like, you know, how to just interact with each other, basically. And like Nora and I, Nora and Barry were awkward in a different way when she first came on. Right. Because he was more like unsure of her. And she was like, I've never seen you before in my life. So it's fun to see like a different kind of awkward with her and Iris. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Sherlock was actually really fun. Like, you know, accent aside, of course, he sounded a bit Italian at some points in this episode. And that's fine. He's he's a well-traveled right? man. He picks up accents from everywhere. It's cool. So um, I thought it was funny that, like, he just really badly wanted to, like, get the show on the road, like, make sure that we nation. But then once he realized what Nora was doing, he, you know, helped give her that opportunity by making tea for two hours. And I'm just, if I had, like, a nitpick about the storyline, it would be, like, what were they doing for two hours? Were they just standing there staring at Sherlock while he made the tea? Because... <laughs> There were so many things they could have done in that time. Just leave him to his tea making. So I would just, I would just love to know what they were doing in those two hours. I think what they but were I doing. Did like, I think what, you know mm-hmm. what they were doing. They were practicing their awesome new handshake that they were doing. Probably because that probably. was. So I love that handshake. Cute. Yeah, it was. And what I love too is I love how Barry's just like so happy for her, for Iris. You know, like it's there's not like a jealousy thing like oh i'm not the favorite parent anymore or whatever you know he's just like yeah you guys are getting along woo you know what you know what ba- you know what mean barry was being like in this episode he's he, he was the one holding up the camera going you know you're doing great sweetie 
Yes, you're doing amazing, sweetie. That was definitely Barry. Yeah. That's that's Barry every episode when it comes to Iris. But yes, I agree. He was definitely like that. Um, and yeah, I liked that they uncovered a clue towards Cicada's identity, and I like that it interlocked with the clue that Cecile and Ralph found, which Swara will discuss next. Yeah, like we had one other plot line during this episode, also related to Cicada, in which Cecile and Ralph are also investigating him, and they come across a yeah, they come across a corrupt uh, FEMA official who, um, after some uh, difficulties, ultimately gives them files leading them to information about Cicada's daughter, the one that we saw in a coma previously. Now, this storyline also involved Cecile uh, having a shaken confidence, like when she's trying to deal with this. About, she's concerned that she's not as intimidating anymore to uh, crooks or to uh, people in general as district attorney. A district attorney. Um, attorney. I think that. I'm sorry. Attorney. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did I say? You were, you, it sounded like you were about to say this district attorney. <laughs> no, no, a district attorney. Uh, so. Yeah, this was a uh, pretty fun storyline, and it was great. I love how much of Cecile we're getting this season. She's such a great character. She's so vivacious. She's so talkative. She's just super energetic. And, like, I like that, uh, you know, Ralph helped her realize that, hey, it wasn't this guy who was uh, feeling, like, scared. Like, in this uh, particular instance she had with this uh, FEMA official, uh, she was starting to feel really scared and insecure. But Ralph helped her realize that, no, it wasn't really you feeling that. It was the guy. Because you still have empathic and telepathic abilities, you were channeling that. So that was like a really cool moment. I really liked that. That was one of the highlights of the episode for me. But it also made me kind of confused. Is she going to continue having her powers even though she's given birth? Or... Are they still fading out? I'm still confused on what the status of that is because earlier in the season they said they were going to lose. She was going to lose her powers. So, yeah, Tati, what did you make of this uh, particular thread of the storyline? I thought it was very charming and surprising. I was not expecting to uh, enjoy a Ralph and Cecile team up as thoroughly as I did. Um, I also, I think that they're. They're doing a pretty good job with, you know, Jesse being gone. Like, and I hope, you know, he gets back soon and he's much better. But but I'm surprised by how smooth it's been of a transition. And so I like the idea of Cecile just, like, sort of feeling, like, uncomfortable in her own skin. Like, not sure if she still has it, you know. Now that she's been out of, she's been out of you know, work. She hasn't been doing her job for, for a little bit. You know, a couple weeks, a couple months. I'm not really sure how long it's been. But she wants that like validation that she still can have a life outside, you know? So I like that. I really enjoyed it. And I hope that we're going to get to see more of it. But, um, Ralph being intimidated by her and the nickname, which I did not realize he was calling her Cecilia fate Horton. I definitely was like, is he, He's just saying her middle name, and I don't know what it is. But <laughs> when I realized it was Cecilia Fate, I was like, that is so hysterical. Um, so thank you, May, for writing that out because of her captions. That's how I knew it. But anyway, um, so yeah, I thought, I thought their interplay was really, really fun. And them, you know, uncovering the corruption in the FEMA department there was really great. Like, that's like a cool little subplot. That, again, I would like that to have been expanded and been more of the episode. But 
to your question about, you know, how that's kind of rewriting her storyline from last season about her powers. Yeah, it's a little bit confusing. Like she seemed even in this in this season, it seemed like she was losing her powers. Right. And she couldn't tell what Jenna was feeling anymore. So I guess it's like morphed. But I don't know when we learned that it morphed because she's basically saying that now she's more of an empath. Now it's like she can feel their feelings even if she can't read their thoughts. So that might be, like, on the one hand, that could be, like, it's still a slow process of losing your powers, right? So it's devolved from feeling thoughts to feeling feelings, and then soon it will not be feeling anything. Or it might be that this is, like, a new, like, evolution, right? This is where she is now. Now it's, like, she's an empath. But it wasn't explained properly, so that's that's a that's a negative. That's a con. <laughs> Andy? I'm just going to say, when it comes to sci-fi fantasy shows, whenever they establish one thing and then suddenly the next week, it's completely different. I just say, I'm just here for the food. It's fine. I'm like, here's the thing. With science fiction and fantasy, they can literally do anything they want. So, they if they didn't they want to get rid of her powers last season, cool. Now this season they want her to keep him, fine. I'm totally cool with it. I, like, I wasn't like... WTF? Like, I think it's funny when she gets to have those kind of scenes. And, um, no, I mean, the, my biggest takeaway from this is that I love seeing Ralph getting paired up with different characters on this show. Like, because, you know, this Ralph feels so much better than the one we got last season. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel like he has a better, he has a better place now on the show. And I, at first, I thought he was calling uh, Cecile Donna Troy, which was so funny because the same day they dropped the first images of Donna Troy on Titans. So I was like, did he just say Donna Troy? And I literally, legit could not hear what he was saying. All I could hear was that something with D and it, it, start, and it ended with Troy. So the nickname thing was also kind of weird to me. But no, I thought it was, again, this was a story that I had least thoughts about. So I'm sorry for not being very talky about it. But... It was it was sweet. It was fun for what it was, but I didn't. I mean, again, I was more invested in whatever you know what, the, what was going with Caitlin, to be honest, and as well, of course, you know, the cutest that was Doran, Iris. So, but yeah, I mean, yay, she still has her powers somehow. Sci-fi. I don't know. Lol. <laughs> like I prefer consistency overall, but I guess if this is an inconsistency that allows her to have her powers and more get into more of these honestly like really awesome antics then i'm here for it because again she's such a wonderful delight of a character and i love like how she is really being elevated to a main supporting casting role when before she was more like a cameo here and there and yeah i just love cecile she's amazing but agreed do you guys have any other thoughts about i, mean, I think we covered everything since kate is getting more powerful yeah, yeah. We, we talked I mean, about Cicada. I, yeah, basically, I think it's interesting. Like, I'm glad that we got to see, even though I don't want him to murder random metahumans, but I, I'm glad that we got to see that he's still doing his thing. You know, it's not like he's just in hiding or whatever, waiting for Barry to find him. He's just on his own path. He's not really interested in what the Flash and whatever is doing, you know? It's just Although, that he needs to be stopped. So I thought that was good. Can we talk about scene for one second? Did you all, like, react funny when he when his lightning bolt dagger came back like a, like a freaking boomerang and killed that metahuman because I was like hold on when did this become a thing that he can just throw it away and it will come back wherever he wants it to come back 
so my impression during this episode is that he's becoming more powerful as the dagger wound make like the repercussions from it make its way through his body. So maybe that can extend yes. to being or, able to control the boomerang. Yeah, Tati, you want to elaborate on that? Would you call it maybe the the force? It's becoming no, one with the no. force. I think he, no, I think he just has like a connection with the dagger thing. Is he certainly yeah, feeling like the, within? Know what to we've feel. We've learned. LOL. We've learned that he does in fact have, you know, like the the dagger is a meta, right? And it's connected to him. So I think that like you said, like as the wound spreads or like as he gets worse, the dra- the dagger gets better. Or he gets more connected to the dagger. He's becoming like one with the dagger. Or don't you mean one with the fours? I'm sorry, look. Okay. No, there's we only have... the speed force. No, the force is just Listen, Star Wars. Listen, we have all the Star Wars. Look, speed... look, he's dressed like Kyle Red. He's breathing like Darth Vader. He's, you know, using force stuff and so on. I'm sorry, this is... These days, Star Wars, the F out of Cicada, and I love it. Yeah, I just... I talk enough about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Sora's like I'm done. I would love if Sora. I am so Star Wars out. So I would have loved if Sora had just gone. Like I just wish they could Star Trek the hell out of Cicada right and Star Wars it. That's how tired of he is to talk if about. They Star Trek. Trek it. Fine, I'll learn about Star Trek. Cool. <laughs> You're not better, are you? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I think for us, I think this is a mixed bag of an episode, and this is kind of what always. It's always one of these episodes leading up to the crossover. It's always like it's the odd, it's the odd man out, and I think this was the this was the one. So, but again, you know, there's still plenty of episodes. Hope I mean, again, I'm really excited to see hopefully more icicle. I'm still hoping this there will be a payoff to, you know, this long lost brother of Caitlyn that we've heard in other Earths and so on. Maybe this, somehow it will be part of this Earth too. So, yeah. I mean, again, I mean. Because I think Charlie is still out or somewhere. Just saying. Mm-hmm. But uh, shall we move over to some feedback and uh, thoughts from our listeners? Let's do it. So, that, so that, you you got you got them tweets. Uh, I thought I was doing the emails. I thought yeah, so, yeah, I'm doing the tweets. All right, I can't. I'm. I should not, I should not be leading podcasts. So there you go. Uh, Swara, <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. Swara, go, go ahead. Okay, so here are your thoughts uh, via Twitter. Thank you so much for sending them in. From Kenny Crowley Jr., wow, great episode, so good, hashtag The Flash. From Lizzie, hashtag Purple Rain, heh, blah, thank God for Iris and Nora, Ralph and Cecile. I kind of agree with that. Um, From hashtag Run Iris Run, at Alexis Waverider, boring. The highlight for me was Iris slash Nora slash Sherlock investigating, which I'm glad was fruitful. Ralph slash Cecile team up. Cicada backstory. Love the Nora Iris bonding scenes. What a cute handshake. Nora being the one working to build theirs, their RS, uh, and Iris teaching Nora how to vortex. Yeah, Alexis, like that was really great. Um, from at West Patton. Iris slash Nora were such a sight to see, given what happened in the episode. I also love seeing Danny, Danny Nicolette, who plays Cecile, do something different for Cecile. 
Her scenes with Ralph were surprisingly humorous and lighthearted. Definitely want to see them team up again. Shocking, I know. <laughs> for me too, Allison, for me too. From at BJP211, very good episode. Love what happened. If Cicadas do- doesn't make it through the season, actor can make a good Batman. Two weeks until crossover. Maybe he's suggesting that Batman should be in a crossover. I don't know. Wait, but wait. Did, he just, <laughs> did, did he just say two wigs till the crossover? Did he say two weeks? Two weeks. Oh my two god. Two weeks. <laughs> I'm horrible. What, Andy? Are you just obsessed with baldness? Is that what this is about? Oh god. That's anyway, that's obviously it. Fifty-one from minutes. At, from, he got into bed. <laughs> from at you brought it up. From at sunshine happier. I was pretty surprised by the twist. Enjoyed Nora and Iris bonding and Barry slash Iris being so happy about it. And even though it's not exactly the same, Caitlin now being able to to talk to Killer Frost kind of reminds me of how Ronnie's situation was as Firestorm. Oh, that's a good parallel. I like that. Very true. I like that too. From at Kelly2457, worst episode of the season for me, as it reminded me too much of season four. They wrote the characters to be extremely dumb to make the plot work. <laughs> That's never a good sign. Oh. <laughs> I think that future Caitlin plot should be done as a B plot, not enough for the A plot. Generally, I found this episode to be boring, but I hope this is the final rewrite of the Killer Frost origin story. <laughs> I agree, Kelly. <laughs> now, just build a relationship between Caitlin and Killer Frost. Finally, I hope this is the official start of Killer Vibe. Barry stands a relationship, and so do I. Um, from at Mike Cot seventeen, won't hold my breath. Not sure if it's because I've heard it before or due to the tiny icicles forming in my lungs. Wow, Damn. like this was, uh, yeah. And that was all of our Twitter feedback. Thank you so much, and be sure to send in the future right after a flash, right, uh, right after the flash airs an episode. To infinity and beyond. <laughs> um, all right. So starting off with some very positive feedback from Laura Stevis. Hi everyone. Today's flash episode was the best. One of my favorites so far. I loved how everything with I loved how everything with Caitlin and her dad went real fast. Plus, Killer Frost is back, and I couldn't be happier. Hashtag go Killer Frost. Next up, we have Lauren. Uh, hey, Lauren Waters. Hey, everyone. I enjoyed this week's episode, but found a bit, no pun intended, slow. I think I'm just a bit sick of everything going the worst for Caitlin. The writers seem to have a weird rule where she's only allowed to be happy for max five episodes. The poor girl can't catch a break. Either then... It's either that then that I found the performance of the season to be really strong, and this was no exception. I'm excited to finally have Killer Frost back, and I'm digging the new wig. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Rachel says, first off, it's titled Cecile, in all caps. <laughs> hey, Flash friends, it's your resident lawyer here to fangirl about the epicness that was Cecile in tonight's episode. We don't get to see very much of her in a work capacity compared to Laurel as DA on Arrow. So tonight was an awesome reminder that Cecile is a super badass district attorney and she's here to kick ass and take names. I died in the scene towards the end where she just straight up threatens the female worker to get what she needs. And also when she was showing Ralph how intimidating she could be. Too good. I'd love to see more of DA Cecile in the future. And I so appreciate the badass female lawyers in the Arrowverse these days. Can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on the episode. I totally agree, Rachel. Cecile is a badass and the greatest. Before we go on, <laughs> just a swore note. So Black Siren is now the district attorney of Star City. 
Who? Yes, she is. Black, Black Siren. Siren. Laurel 2.0. Who? Who? Right. I don't know her. He doesn't, he doesn't know an arrow. He doesn't know an arrow. Oh, That's I thought you actually liked okay. Laurel Lance, but okay. Danielle. No, writes, no, I do. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. There. <laughs> Danielle writes with her title is Vanilla Ice Ice Baby. Oh, good lord, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. Where do I start this week? To get it out of the way, Ralph and Cecile were an absolute delight. D.A. Cecile, what was her middle name? Horton. <laughs> it's Cecilia Fate Horton. It was hard. It was hard. Um, can scold me any day, and I am loving Ralph this season. Also, Ralph knocking the Lamborghini guy's stuff off his desk. So good. Also, the height difference. I love them. Nora and Iris were lovely. I love to see them bonding. They have a handshake. Adorable. And Barry calling Iris to check up on them to make sure they're having a good time. I loved. Barry has been super supportive of Iris recently. It continues to surprise me. Speaking of surprised, Caitlin's dad is shady. We are all so shocked, I'm sure, because experimenting on your daughter isn't shady enough. The fact that he experimented on a 12-year-old child wasn't a bigger deal. That was sort of not great. Yep. I wish we could delve more into the empath aspect of Cisco's powers, as it's something they clearly acknowledge as writers but don't address in the show, and it just makes Caitlin and Barry look super unsupportive. I wouldn't be upset if this, this as in Cisco being right but being written off as rude or unsupportive, um, didn't keep happening. Kate's dad, HR being a complete fraud, and the hairy thinking cap situation is what it reminds her of. Also, can we stop letting Cisco hurt himself every week for Caitlin? <laughs> I get it's his, it's yeah. his MO, and he would do anything for his family, but it continues to be Cisco suffering in a corner by himself, and it's frustrating when it's paired with others getting pats on the back and reassurance 20 times an episode. I gotta admit, I'm not super excited for Killer Frosty back until they use the cerebral inhibitor. I was always It was always super limiting for both Caitlin and KF. One literally lost all agency and body autonomy when the other was awake, and they didn't even remember what the other did. And on top of that, they had zero on-screen development for so much story focus. But from that last scene, it seems like Killer Frost is now conscious and can communicate with Caitlin. Having a Firestorm-type inner monologue could be cool. It's definitely not like any Killer Frost we've gotten before, so it's hard um, to know what this dynamic and backstory will be like, but it seems like they are putting a lot into it, so I want to be excited. Also, I love this show, so I want to love all of it. Lastly, so much so much um, alluding to Thawne using Cisco worries me. And by worries, it means I'm excited, but also dreading more hurt from Cisco. We all think Thawne is manipulating Nora, but now I'm thinking, or maybe this is just my need for Cisco to have a storyline shining through, <laughs> that he might come back through the pe- to the present day through Cisco. I don't know how or why, but all of the Thawne mentions this episode had Cisco reactions. I don't know. As always, thanks for the great podcast. And finally, we have Mauricio with his quick review slash question. So I thought this episode was mediocre at best. Not bad, but not good. But then I remember we live in a Flashpoint universe where a lot of the character backgrounds are different because I was going to question Caitlin's father until I remembered that. So here is my question. How much is the show retconned with its story at this point? Because I don't believe the show writers know one like they don't know in advance they don't know in advance of a year so back in season four it was a brains it was brainstorm that sealed her powers like he's saying they did not know in season four that brainstorm was sealing her powers so i think they reckon that what do you guys think the other way i look at it flashpoint since it happened is that you know from from the first year from flashpoint and paradox it it would appear that they were very minor changes to the, you know to the universe of uh, to the history of Earth One, 
the way I look at it is that I think that if they need to change something that they didn't like in previous seasons or something that they want to change or there's a character they want to bring back, they will just establish that it was Flashpoint. But they just won't say to the audience that this is Flashpoint doing it. It's not going to be like, you know, let's say that, um, um, let's say that Barry was, you know, he was, he, you know, Barry, you know, loses all his hair in the flat, in the po- po- post Flashpoint universe. But they're not, no one is going to say that this was a Flashpoint thing. It was maybe just, this was always the case, but we just, you know, we're not touching upon it until now. So whether, whether it is Kaylin's backstory, if it's like, or if it's, they're doing something with Fawn, or if they're doing something with the, you know, the 2024 headline. You know, if if something feels different from past seasons, just go ahead and assume that it is Flashpoint. And whether or not writers, if the writers decide one year in advance, I don't think they get together like for like a summit and like you know. So what are we retconning this season? I think once they get to a story, I think they just decide, okay, in episode two of season three, this is how. In episode two of season two, hey, this is how we establish something. What do we do? We just put Flashpoint on it. This, that's how I probably would have done it if I was writing this show, which frankly I'm not because I don't think I would do a good job. Um, so what do you think? Do you have any different thoughts? I think that they just have to change the story and the background for whatever is most convenient or the sort of storyline they want to go for in a particular episode or in a particular season. I don't think there's any real sense of consistency. I think that's honestly just made up season to season or episode to episode involving Caitlin. And that's really frustrating. I really wish that they would just like set rules, just say whether it's an ice goddess, whether it's, because solely because of experimentation or whether it is a split personality disorder like you know that was something very confusing when killer frost first came about like it's completely different personality just fully set the rules for how this character aspect functions and then we won't have as many of these frustrations and again like the technical jargon jumble stuff we had in this episode did not help. It just made it more confusing. And I would just really appreciate a, again, like fully saying the rules for this character. <laughs> Hopefully they do this now, but we'll have to wait and see. The thing is, so, so far I'm just all, not impressed. All of these shows are, they never stick to the Ricardo duty. Like, no, but Killer Cross is on a whole other level, Andy. Trust me. Compared to the craziness of Cross the Arrowverse, like, Killer Frost is, like, the furthest out there. Like, I can do, guarantee to you as someone who also watches, have, has been watching all these shows for years, like, this... I, I still don't know how Killer Frost functions. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But yes. Um, no, I think I agree with... Um, so I guess I sort of agree with Sora. In that, like, I'm not saying like, they never have any plans whatsoever. But uh, sometimes they do have plans, obviously. Like the newspaper. But sometimes uh, we get them clearly thinking that <laughs> Killer Frost's powers were removed, right? Um, or Killer Frost was removed from Caitlyn, but she's still inside you all along, to then being like, oh no, the explanation is that I was a mental block. Which, sure, whatever. And also Caitlyn like, being surprised again to learn that Killer Frost was inside her all along, even though she already learned that last season. So, mm. but anyway. And then sometimes we also get Iris's backstory being rewritten, so now she always loved journalism. 
which is a great change. I'm very happy about it, but it is not consistent. So sometimes they just change it because they're like, it's time to change it. And now they can blame everything on Flashpoint. Except for this season four inconsistency with Caitlin because that's after Flashpoint. Time travel is weird. <laughs> Time travel is weird. All right. It so is. there we go. That is our feedback for the week. That, those are all feedbacks. So, guys, thank you so much for sending in your thoughts and your emails. So, you can always do that at the Flash Podcast on Twitter. You can email that flashpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll read as many as we have time for because we want to make sure your thoughts are featured on this show every week. Now, we're going to wrap this up. So, we're going to do some plugs and then we're going to sign off. So, Tally, where can you find your own social media and your other projects? You can find me at Marcella's Ear on Instagram and Twitter. Mostly Twitter. And if you want to read or see or um, listen, all those things that you can do, other stuff that I do, you can go to withanaccent.com, theflashpodcast.com for comic book reviews, themarvelreport.com for the same thing, (laughs) and that hashtag show. And podcast, Ladies with Gumption, where we talk about all the DCTV ladies and how much we love them. And Swara, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Swars C Walker. That's S W A R Z S E A W A L K E R. You can find my other podcast, Beltway Banthas, the Star Wars and Politics podcast. And uh, you can check out some of my writing on the But Why Though podcast blog. My most recent one was a review of Creed 2, which just came out in theaters. So if you're interested in seeing the movie, check out my review and see how I liked it. I still love that name, But Why Though podcast. I still think it's a very clever name. Um, Yeah, Kate Kate and Matt and Adrian, like, they came up with a good name. And it's a really awesome community of a lot of really amazing writers and podcasters. So please check out all the amazing content there. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Annie You can also find my writing at Fansite and that hashtag show. And if you want to hear me podcast some more, you can listen to me on Titus Podcast. We're almost done with our first season of uh, DC Universe Titus, which is just getting better and better. Guys, please watch the show. It's great. And also, you can listen to me on the Chilling Image of Sabrina podcast. Uh, and at the time of recording, you will be able to listen to the season finale of our of our podcast as we are not, we're now done covering Sabrina Season 1. But we'll be back for a Christmas special. So go to SabrinaPodcast.com and follow at Sabrina underscore podcast. And if you love all things Marvel, you can go to TheMarvelPort.com for all sorts of great, great Marvel content. Now let's do some, some of these podcast plugs, and I guess this week I will take the the biggie. So, and uh, so first off, you can visit theflashpodcast.com for all the latest news, photos, trade descriptions, anything you need to know about the Flash TV show, as well as Taddy's amazing comic reviews. Y'all, like they're they're fab. Just saying, that's and, cute. I mean, it's I mean, it's true. I'm just saying, and you can <laughs> and you'll also get the latest episodes of our podcast at theflashpodcast.com. You can follow the podcast on social media by going to at the Flash Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. You should subscribe to the Flash Podcast if you're not subscribed already on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, why don't you leave us a rating and review? You can let us know what you like about our show and the Flash TV show. You can hit us up with some five stars, which will get other people 
to be able to see the show when it comes up in their search algorithms. So if you rate and review us, you'll get more people to discover us. So it's a win-win situation. You can also listen to the Flash Podcast live on the Mix Radio Network, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern via the Mix.fm. You can follow the entire DC Podcast Network at DCPodcast.com, where we have amazing podcasts for Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends Tomorrow, Eyes on Me, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, The Upcoming Bad Woman Show, and classic DC TV shows at DCPodcast.com. You can follow the network on social media at DCPodcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitch Radio, and Google Play. Also, a little update. Apparently, Supergirl Ray decided to throw in the towel because, y'all, did you hear what they did on the last episode? They decided to do a competition and by having listeners send in their like auditions of like DC TV plugs. So they're cheating. Uh, so okay, that's funny. We that's won- funny, though. We won. Just like how Barry won- wins any race against Cars or Al because. Girl, I guess a green. Oh, now, now you're throwing down. Uh-oh. I mean, listen. I know I'm being, I've been diplomatic to Rebecca since her birthday about Carl and Bear being just as fast. But again, there is like gr- stupid green rock that can stop her. I mean, I'm just LOL. saying. LOL yourself. But speaking of Bad One, by the way, you all listen to the first episode of Bad One Podcast, which will be out this weekend at the time of recording. Because Rachel, who, you know, our good lawyer friend, uh, who, who is is now part of the DC Podcast Network as a host of the Bad One Podcast. So... Check it out. It's a very fun episode. And uh, just one last reminder that DC TV podcast has a T public store. So if you're interested in DC TV related merchandise, you should check uh, in the show notes uh, of like your episode download and you get some awesome gear from the website. And that goes the proceeds for some of the proceeds from that goes towards our own uh, hosting and recording costs. So please, uh, you know, check out the store and like uh, get some awesome merch for yourself, support some awesome artists and support us as a podcast network. If you have any questions for us or any thoughts about the flash, you can email us at the flash podcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, Remember, December 12th, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Mixer.com slash DC Podcast. We're doing a big podcast closet for the Elseworlds event. So don't miss it. We're going to remind you every week. So it's going to... These trailers will probably confuse all you even more because, you know, Barry is Green Arrow. Oliver is The Flash. Batman is awesome. I don't know what the hell is going on with Carl and Alex. But it's confusing. So join us as we discuss on December 12th. But, but that's going to be it for this week's episode of The Flash Podcast. We're... Before we get to the crossover, we have the 100 episodes, so two more weeks until we get there. So join us next week as we discuss episode 7. But until then, I'm Andy Bean. I'm Tatiana. I'm Suara. And we'll see you next time on the Flash Podcast. Mm-hmm.